If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This week's Major Spoilers Podcast Weekend Type Edition is brought to you by Matthew Mariani. Insert spaghetti joke. No, that's not funny. Um, let's see here. Ooh, you know, that guy from Survivor is named Mar- Mariano and like, eh, skip it. I'm, I'm not funny this week. I apologize, Matthew. Hopefully this show going to you will be enough. And by the way, kudos on the first name there. Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Pod- on, on the air. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod, pod, podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. I've been listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast. 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 The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Hey everyone, welcome to the Major Spoilers Podcast. So glad that you could join us this weekend, wherever you are in space and time. Hello, in future people. space and time! So, Rodrigo, everyone has exploded about oh, no. Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> it's been out for it's a week and a half. Thin. It's been out for a week and a half, are and people sure are still uh, commenting about it. We recording? Yes, okay. we are recording. Sorry. Sorry. No, that's okay. For, it, the line wasn't moving, so it freaked me out. Yes, if the line is not moving, that thin black line. Sorry. Dum dum. So three, Put two, the lemon one. Inside. Oh. Yeah. Um. So Justice League, and I actually <laughs> I went out and I I, I bought an issue of Justice League number one. <laughs> really? Because I'm I'm on board with this. Um, yeah, you are. So by hook I, or by crook, right? Yes. Um, one of those at least. We want information. Yes. Um and I and I read through it and I've got I've got some thoughts on it, but I was I was surprised to see a lot of comments on our side and sort of kicking around on the rest of the internet. Um, you know, the rest of the internet. Yeah. Um, there's our site. Yes. Then there's porn. Yes. And then there's the rest of the internet. Right. And really, if you see some of our recent stories, and definitely <laughs> our most uh, popular stories, the, there's there's a, there's a, there's a Venn diagram there. There's a, there, yes, there's a this much it, much yes. overlap. Yes. <laughs> As well, there should be. Anyway, um, it's an back, overlap, not over fap. Ah, uh, 
<laughs> Ew. I'm I'm traveling back in time and stopping that from happening. <laughs> okay. You know what's really sad is I've actually gotten used computers from Steven and Ew. <laughs> I'm gonna steam clean my whole face. <laughs> anyway. anyway. So looking for the <laughs> Looking through the internet, <laughs> um, I was surprised to see a whole bunch of people. You're gonna, you're gonna make it there, Peterson. <laughs> I think he's gonna kick over. Do right, you said it at the same time. <laughs> that's, that's right, Dee Dee. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> I missed that one. We haven't practiced it that well. <laughs> so about uh, <laughs> six or seven days ago, I started. I started this thought that um, I was surprised to see people on the internet uh, as they were talking about the the first issue of Justice League complain about the fact that DC wants to make Green Lantern part of the Trinity. Are they? Uh, well, my first thought was, was you know, what Trinity? And then it kind of hit me that they meant Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Right. The, the main characters of that one thing called... Justice League? Just Trinity. The, the, the Trinity, I guess. Right. Was that, who, who wrote that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Truman, Truman Capote. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, my thought... I wrote it, gentlemen. Yeah, the, the, I wrote it with a nice... Um, <laughs> my, my thought about all this was... Uh, I had several about, thoughts. First off... About uh, Green Lantern being a founding member uh, in the Trinity of, well, of the Pantheon uh, of yeah, About trying to get Green Lantern into the Trinity, right? Because by the end of that first issue, the only you've seen Cyborg, but he's not Cyborg yet. So by the end of the issue, you have this three-way standoff between Superman, Batman, and Green Lantern. Mm -hmm. And people kind of being upset about the fact that they're trying to get Green Lantern into the Trinity. So first off, two things. I'm pretty sure originally the Trinity was Batman, Superman, and Aquaman. I'm pretty sure that the addition of Wonder Woman is a relatively recent thing when they were like, we need something that doesn't have a Y chromosome in this, right. up in this mess. Um, if you're going... At, so that's that's become its own thing. Um, but, you know, that, that Trinity doesn't hold a lot of weight except unless it's being written that way you know because depending on what justice league you're re re reading you know the the relationship between those three characters might not be so super important you know it's like mark wade made a big deal out of it mm -hmm. in, in kingdom come right and uh whoever wrote trinity i'm gonna say straczynski music one of those guys i get them confused okay um music bless you um made a big deal out of it but that trinity isn't actually a thing i mean it's a thing if you want to write it that way but it's not right. like it's i don't know it's it's difficult to explain the second thing is 
for the past, what, five, six, ten, fifteen years, like, the most popular books for DC Comics have been Green Lantern titles. True. So, I think it's more like the Trinity's trying to, like, snuggle up to Green Lantern. (laughs) We want to get next to your green light. Pretty much. Well, and there's something else that you have to take into account when you talk about the Trinity. Way back in 1960, in... Brave and the Bold number 28, the first time they actually create the Justice League of America, Mm -hmm. there are five members. One of them is Green Lantern. Mm -hmm. None of them are Superman or Batman. Yeah, because let's see. It's Wonder Woman. If you're talking about Let's see if I can name them. Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, Aquaman, Martian Manhunter. Those are the five that are in that first Justice League. Where are Superman and Batman? Superman is out in space punching meteors, mm-hmm. and Batman is... And Batman is at home washing his tights. You're calling me for this? Call back when it's really important. Click. Superbat and Man-Man are not in the Justice League in the beginning. So really, if you're talking about people getting Green Lantern in your Trinity, what you should be worrying about is people getting your Trinity in the Green Lantern. Green Lantern has a history of being in the first issue of Justice League of America. Superman and Batman are recent additions. It, it, is, it is kind of amazing, and we've talked about this before, about the things that catch on and people see as, as the something oh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. always been there. Yeah, yeah, the, right? the Smallville, Kansas Smallville, discussion. Smallville, Kansas. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, Batman being the Batman that we... Batman being the... The Tower of Babel, Batman. Right, right. You know, from from that yeah. story yep. that we reviewed just a little bit ago. It's like, that wasn't always Batman. Right. That wasn't always what he was like. Right. In fact, you know, they're still putting out stories where he's not necessarily that guy, but stuff gets glossed over mm-hmm. until something sticks again. Right, 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 right. Well, I don't know. It, it seems odd. I mean, we're, we haven't seen the formation of a team. Mm. We may get to the point that at the end of this adventure when they defeat Darkseid... That Hal Jordan's like, hey, look, you kids, I got no time to hang around in your your fancy little boys and girls club. I got space sectors to patrol. See ya. And that may be it. Superman may punch him in the face, and that may be the end of Hal Jordan. Yep. Yes. We just don't know. Second issue, first panel. Pow! (laughs) Hal Jordan's dead. You see Superman's fist going through the back of Hal Jordan's head. Yes. Ring flies out. Complete to a completely different set or a completely different planet, Ganorfanorf of planet Gushkiburp. You have you have great you have been chosen for great power. Do you accept? Okay, don't go to Earth. It's full of freaks. <laughs> Gushkiburp is a funny well, word. So people get upset when we change things, but change is good. I think. If well, it's a positive change. And and people, the, the the thing is, is that people get upset about change when they're aware of it. Yeah, uh, yeah Obviously, yeah. I mean, it's difficult to be upset about things you're not aware of, I guess. Right, right, but, right. Uh, you know, it's like, if, if Batman hadn't changed, he would still just be sneaking around into people's houses with a gun. <laughs> I heard you have cake. Bazooko. Bazooko. What did you do to that poor child? <laughs> Come with me, boy. Ah! <laughs> you can eat rats in my basement well, for the. Oh wait, okay. we've already done that comic. So speaking of change, uh, been announced that we're getting the Blu-ray edition of the Star Wars films, mm. uh, the ones that Matthew uh, actually recognizes. Okay. 1080p, 
the highest definition mm. currently possible in definitions. And what has George Lucas done? I recognize the existence but, of a second set of Bat movies. I do not recognize <laughs> episode four as episode one, as you seem to imply that everyone is named Wayne. Wait, that's a different <laughs> argument. Uh, so George Lucas has made a number of changes again, added some scenes, added more effects. We get to see the Ewoks blink now oh, in return nice. of the jedi i don't know i've seen well, it. it's kind of creepy sounds sexy it sounds creepy that's it. gonna that's gonna make the movie better we see uh some deleted scenes that weren't there before and of course we see more special effects uh, um in the episode one movie the actual episode one movie uh they've replaced puppet yoda with cgi yoda wow um and everybody's all upset about these changes and additions and corrections mm-hmm Especially when back in like 2004, Lucas went to the Library of Congress and said, people shouldn't be mucking around with the art. They should, you know, these movies belong to the people and we shouldn't be changing them. Mm. And yet he's doing that very thing with uh, the Star Wars movies. Yeah, to his movies. What are your thoughts on his movies? He's saying you shouldn't, you shouldn't muck around with other people's art. Yeah. He didn't say, I don't, you know, and I think that from one perspective, reserving the right to make changes to your work is something that I believe every artist has the right to do. What I find with Lucas is I feel like Lucas is one of those secret closet guys who hates everything he's ever done and always wants to go back and toy with it and rewrite it and edit it and fix it and make it better. Mm hmm. And I think I think he really thinks he's making it better by playing with these things. And I think that he's intentionally trying to take the piss out of us because there comes a point when enough fanboys going, stop messing with our trilogy, he finds new ways. I'm going to stick a new Darth Vader line right here. No! <laughs> I think he's doing it to some degree intentionally. And uh, not necessarily to prove the point that I'm the creator, this is my work, and I can do with it what I want, neener pants, neener pants. But I think there's an element of that to what he's doing, in that no matter how much we complain about it, if he wants to go back in and turn all the guns into walkie-talkies, he oh, can. Different creator. Same guy. <laughs> he, changed his, he changed his name for tax purposes. Okay. I was going to say, that would be awful. <laughs> that would be two separate estates that he has to pay massive taxes for. Oh, my God, yes. Um, you know, uh, does George Lucas have the right to change the original trilogy of Star Wars? Yes, of course. They belong to him. Right. Um, does he have the right to release them? Of course. They belong to him. Should you buy them? Not if you think this is stupid. You know, uh, Matthew Matthew makes a good point, but I think it's all a scam. I think that blinking Ewoks is just another way to sell these again. Oh, yeah. And all these little changes are just excuses to sell the movies again. You know, what I'm surprised about is that it's not enough to launch them on Blu-ray. Is this the first time they've ever been on Blu-ray? First time on Blu-ray in this highest definition, I think, before they were in 720p. Ah, so, they, so they were on Blu-ray. I think before. they were. I'm almost okay. positive they so were. So if they but... were... See, this makes sense if they were on Blu-ray before, because launching them again in a super high definition is not enough to get everybody. Right. But ho-ho, blinking Ewoks. Well, that, and there's that's a little bit more, get, but yes. I yeah. mean, that's gonna, yeah, I had the blinking uh, exactly. Ewoks in college. 
those changes. Kind of up. George Lucas goes up. Uh, here's here's my take on it. George Lucas wants to make more money. Mm-hmm. Everybody does, sure. And anything he touches is automatically poisoned. Um, lately, it seems. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he knows that Star Wars are sure money. Right. So what does he do? He launches them again. But once you've gone to a new format, say DVD, mm-hmm. it doesn't do you a lot of good to launch them again as a box set or as something else. Um, although you do. You launch them as a box set altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're like, oh, well, I need to launch them again because I need to launch these roughly three years so I can make the 80, $87 million that I want. So goes back, changes stuff, says, you know, I always meant for one of the stormtroopers to have to be wearing a weird com link on one of his arms, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look really closely, that's where it is. And I always wanted that, but my director of photography forgot to do that. Oh well, okay. New new version of Star Wars, let's all buy it. Right. And then now then a new format comes up, he gets to make his eighty seven million dollars again. Mm-hmm. But then three years later a new format hasn't come up. Now there's a new resolution that he can launch them in, mm-hmm. but that's not enough to get well, the, the, he the is common tweaking man. Them. He is tweaking them all for three D now. There you go. So that's see, this is the intermediate point. Here are here's this is the new new version. Mm-hmm. Then we're gonna get the three D version, and right. then after that we're gonna get the new 3D version than the new new 3D version. Yeah. It's all it's all because he wants to sell the same three movies again. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with He's that. He's not is he tweaking the 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 other three? Uh, yeah, that's why I said in in episode 1, not episode 4, but episode uh, 1, they're replacing puppet Yoda with CGI uh, Yoda. Oh, I see what you mean. Um, because in episode 2, he was all CGI. And see that why what is there to change about it just those? looks better apparently doesn't well, look as creepy as puppet yoda mm, man's hand original yoda looks plenty creepy yes that was the point to a certain degree yes what i'm saying he looked is, creepier as a puppet. what i'm saying is he had a budget of let's as a round a number, billion million 87 million dollars <laughs> okay. we've been we've been throwing that figure around a lot not true at all in any way um but close, I'm sure. Let me look. Um, so what could he have gotten wrong? Nothing. He's just going back, changing these movies so he can sell them again. That's that's my take yep. on it. But, you know, one of the problems, and, and just hear me out on this, one of the problems is, yes, you always do want to go in and tweak and refine and try to make it the best that you can, but the movie shot, we've got a release date, Put it together. Right. And so there may be budget restrictions or more likely time restrictions Mm -hmm. that prevented him from getting the vision that he really, really wanted out there. Right. And as technology changes, it allows him to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, he hasn't changed somewhere in the vault somewhere is the very first original untouched print of Star Wars, Mm -hmm. A New Hope. Right. So he hasn't really messed with that story. He's messed. He's made copies and made messes of those. Sure. Um, and so an extent, uh, to an extent at some day, which I really wish he would do this someday, I really wish he would come out and say, here are my changes that I've made over the last 20 years of this movie. Here's the way that original saw in theaters flip back and forth. And you tell me which one you like better. And he would make everybody happy because I would buy a super high definition version of the unaltered 
You right. see the the mat uh, lines. You see the the cheap effects. You don't see Jabba the Hutton. You don't see Greedo shooting first. I would buy that, and and the other one, and watch them side by side. And I'm and I'm sure that's part of maybe the 15 year plan. I don't think the so. The 20 year plan. No, I think he's going to be dead before we see that release. Uh, and then it's going to be his kids who want to capitalize. At, you know, if if my if my theory is right, then one of the final releases that we'll see will be that because the moment that that gets released, mm-hmm. it's going to invalidate going back to the change releases because people will be like, "No, I want the originals." Right? right There's right. a reason why he's not giving yeah, us yeah, the yeah. originals, even though people are like, "Hey, you know what? I want the original versions." Mm-hmm. Um, he caved to that pressure once. And now with that in the uh, in the past, he can say like, "Well, I caved to that pressure once." Right. Here's the way that Star Wars should look. Right. Teddy bear picnic. <laughs> Hundred and fifteen million dollars for the Phantom Menace. That was the budget. So that's a nice round what, number. What could you not have bought? Probably could not have built a real flying Naboo fighter. I think or he built could a have. real life lightsaber. I, I, I think I think he could have. But, you know, he spent that money on a double-ended lightsaber. Right. That's where it all went. That's where it all went, the double-ended lightsaber. Well, we can can make a good Yoda puppet that that everybody will like, or double-sided lightsaber. You know, we... Uh, Is the guy who plays the the Toad going to be using it? Yes. Then double-bladed lightsaber. Yes. Because Frank Oz, who cares about him? (laughs) He's only incredibly important in the field of puppetry. Ah... That movie worldwide to date has only grossed, and this is theater grosses, $924 million. So mm-hmm. it made over $800 million in. I do um, not think the word the only office. means what you think it means. <laughs> yes, only made $800 million. Um, do you think that it's not that magic billion dollar mark like Batman and Harry Potter and Transformers? That causes him to still want to go out and try to get that extra money. Why does he still want to go out and do that extra money? Why can't he just make a a seventh Star Wars film? I can only I, I see. To me, it all goes back to that to that money thing, and it's I can only imagine that he buys like a car, like two cars a day or something. I doubt like that. that because why would you need any more money? Like, do you think that it is that it's like he wants these movies to hit a mark? I think he. I think that's what he wants. I think he wants a mark. I think he wants something to go down for people to remember him by. You know mm-hmm. that people are going to remember him regardless. Well, that, sure. that, that's well, the thing. You know that. I, yeah, and you I know, know that. that. And I know that, and everybody else knows that. But maybe he doesn't know that. Maybe he's still living under the shadow of I don't know of what Stevie Stevie Spielberg. Showed no him way. up with all his movies. No, no way. There's, and every time they get together, uh, it's no. like there's hey. nothing. There's nothing that Steven Spielberg has done that holds that 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 holds that amount of pop culture power the way that the three original Star Wars movies do. Not Jaws. Not Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Not Jaws. Ask, not ask Close it, Encounters. Not ask. Ask your son about Close Encounters. I don't think he's seen that one yet. I'm kind of afraid to show it to him, especially right. because of that Star Wars scene at the beginning. Star Wars appeals to you. Yeah. Star Wars appears to appeals to your child. Star Star Wars appeals to people older than you. What? If such a thing is even possible. <laughs> Impossible. 
impossible. In, in a, no in a way, in a way that ET, even, that even ET, which I would say has some of the broadest appeal of of any right. of Steven Spielberg's work, does not. Right. Right. Yep. Agreed. Interestingly, I don't think George Lucas has touched American Graffiti. No. Which is interesting. He's done. Yes, he has. What's he done to American Graffiti? No, he went back and he digitally replaced uh, Suzanne Summers (laughs) with the girl from Showgirls. (laughs) Jesse Spano? And all all the prairie dogs in that movie now have big gulps. (laughs) We don't know why. I think American Graffiti he hasn't touched. THX 1138. Also, he touched. Toad, toad shot first. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He changed. He changed the yeah. soundtrack. Yeah, it's all eighties. <laughs> oh, it's all Backstreet Boys yeah. and Justin Bieber tunes. <laughs> <laughs> he just altered the dialogue to where they're not going to Vietnam. They're going to Iraq or Afghanistan. Yep. Yep. Got to keep it relevant. Got to keep it. That's current. actually you know one of my favorite George Lucas movies is American Graffiti. Mm-hmm. We'll have to have a top five really? on our favorite. It's something about them, you know. He did this. I don't technique. think I have five favorite George Lucas movies. He he did this technique, which he didn't pioneer, but he picked up on from uh, Orson Welles. Um, and I forget what it's called. It's called Wilden Sound or something like that. Mm-hmm. Where um, in Touch of Evil, Orson Welles in this opening shot, um, it's got some bongos going. Well, there's just music playing. And as the as the camera pans around, you hear the music bouncing off the walls, coming out of car stereos, mm-hmm. coming out of apartments. So as you're panning around, you, you, this music just follows. And they did something similar in American Graffiti where all the, the, the music sounds like it is in that environment. Mm-hmm. It sounds like if you were standing outside on the street corner and you're hearing Wolfman Jack talk – and then suddenly you jump inside the car and you hear Wolfman Jack continuing his his dialogue. It sounds like how that sound would be in real life. In the same way when they're cruising down the street and the music is bouncing off the off the walls and other cars and the slight phasing that occurs as the cars pass one another. It's really, really well done from the audio mixing standpoint and how they did that. And I forget what it's called. I think it's called Wilden Sound or something like that. Hmm. Um, but it's it's really a cool technique. That I think more people should try to incorporate instead of trying to blow us out of the water with THX. Boa, the audience is this day. No, they're not. They're the all audience deaf. is vomiting. They're all deaf. Uh, I wanted to uh, remind everyone that we have the fifth annual Major Spoilers Costume Contest currently going on. You have until October 21st to uh, get a picture of yourself, three to five pictures of yourself in your costume and one picture of yourself out of your costume so that we can verify that it is truly you. And that means street clothes, not naked. And you, I'm so upset that we have to actually explain that to people. Well, if we ever actually Slappy. had an incident where someone did that, then yeah, that may be a problem, but uh, you got to get that to us well, by October 21st. Thank you for 21st. no selling my joke yet again. The uh, major spoilers crew will narrow it down to what we think are the top five contestants. And then we will release them into the wild for the spoilerites to vote on until October 31st, at which point we will award an iPad 2 to the winner. Electric Boogaloo. So there you go. Matthew, what else is going on in the world of comic books this week? Uh, I don't know. I know that uh, 
I was walking around in uh, another city this weekend. Oh yeah, you tell tell me what's going and on they, with the with the Mile High Comics. I was, I was at uh, Mile High Comics out in Denver, and we actually went to two different Mile High Comics locations. And I was saddened to find that Mile High, and I don't know if this is universal, seems to have shifted all their back issue sales to the website. Mm-hmm. So I, I went to two different stores, and there weren't extensive back issues. There were like recent back issues, and there were tons and tons of trade paperbacks and collections and like that. But, you know, it wasn't back in the day. I used to be able to go to the Mile High Mega Store and go through old, just stacks and stacks of comics to where I could go and find my Spy Man number two that I've been looking for forever. Or I could find the Dell Comics Green Hornet number three that I've never been able to find. And that is no longer seemingly the case. Although I think they what, had what just do they do? one of their. What do they do? I don't know. It seems like it seems like all of their back issue sales are now done online through the store through their website. Mm. And when you go in the store, you have like the last couple, three years worth of books. Right. Right. Uh, bagged, but not boarded. And I hope I said that and made that sound very, very condescending bagged, but not boarded. They bagged their comics without placing a board on them. Stephen, do you understand? You hear what about what mile, mile, mile High Comics is doing in Colorado. <laughs> it doesn't have the same ring. No, no, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Um, you know, Matthew, I'm wondering, Matthew. Um, you know, Mile High Comics has an extensive extensive collection, so there'd be it'd be very, especially with real estate and rental prices being as high as they are, it would be very hard. They'd be very hard pressed to contain that all under one roof. Right, and allow they the general public to a, come in and do that. They have a warehouse. Have right. Warehouses, warehouses are a lot cheaper than a retail store. Well, sure. So, And I but, understand that more than likely having those back issues available to people who are looking for them specifically, you know, nationwide or around the world even, is easier than having them, you know, in their, their Denver location. Right. Somewhere on like Halstead Boulevard or something. But, you know, the... Um, I don't know. The Prairie Dog comics in Wichita or in Wichita is the same way. You know, they used to have you could go into their store, and uh, I forget what street, Oak and whatever, uh, in Wichita, and you could spend hours going through their back issues. Well, about I want to say like six years ago, we went down, and all of a sudden, the size of their store was cut in half, and they didn't have very many back issues. And they're like, "Well, we we moved everything over to our warehouse where we sort everything at the warehouse now." If you need something, write it down, and we'll go through our stacks over there, and we'll find it for you and let you know. And I was like, well, okay, I'm not going to, you know, I come back like once every six months. I'm not going to do that. And then they moved to another location, and they had some back issues. And again, just like that, uh, uh, Mile High, you'd go through, and they'd maybe have the last mm, three or four years worth of back issues. But again, everything is off-site at some warehouse, and I think they're pushing everything online for online sales. I mean, Gatekeeper Comics and Hobbies is a fine store, but you guys aren't aren't that big with a back issue collection, are you? Well, define that. I mean, we I have, mean, you don't have you don't have a million back issues. Oh God, no! But I probably have a hundred thousand. Do you have five hundred thousand? No, but probably a hundred thousand. Okay. Well, I I have the uh, I don't know if you've seen the things that we have, but we have our back issue bins in little modular carts. Right, right. There are fourteen carts, and each cart has six rows. 
Right. And I think each row is between maybe 150, 200 books. So I have, I have 10 cards or 12. I have a lot. Math is hard. Let's go shopping. But yeah, I would say that we might have 100,000 comics on site. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you probably, yeah, we, we house them in the back. If you actually go to my Facebook page, that's uh, yeah, facebook.com slash blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's my back issue bins. And what it's hard to see is those <laughs> are about eight feet high. Yeah. Shut up. Somebody's just going right now. Some girl in Sheboygan's like, why are all these comic book people asking me for pictures of my back issue bin? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, like, that's the the part after the slash is the important part, Matthew. People know what Facebook is. (laughs) Yeah, but you'll get there eventually. (laughs) There are only like 500 people named Matthew Peterson in the United States. That's why I'm not afraid to use my real name. There's like six of them in Topeka, and they're all trying to, the collection agents trying to find me because I answer my phone. But that's neither here nor there. I think what's important here is that uh, I like comic books and I stack them really high. So, yeah, those are actually about eight feet high. Um, We have a different model, though. And our model is a lot simpler because my boss has very few employees and each employee has a specific niche. We have the magic nerd and we have, you know, the Warhammer nerd and we have, you know, specific nerds and I am the comic nerd. And what my job has become now, I don't even run the register anymore. My job is Saturdays, Dion buys big stacks of comic books. Sunday, he hands them to me and says, figure out how we're going to make money off these. So the back issue bins are something that I work on, you know, week after week. And it is specifically my job to work the back issue bins. It's my thing. So what's the color? So I purple, green, red, and orange. Huh? I'm looking at your picture. Oh, on on the the pictures? Yeah. Yeah. uh, Let's see. Purple is Batman comics. Okay. As I recall. Hang on, let me find my facey space. So I have to look at it. Orange is Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe green is Superman. Uh, Marvel comics are red. DC comics are gray, maybe? Oh, okay, gray. I see that. Let me find right. Yeah. It's facebook.com forward slash profile dot php question mark ID 1075. Okay. Just look for Matthew five, Peterson to be here. And look 11, for the Doctor 10, Who picture. Ham I like Lava Lava. Hey. Why is everybody suddenly asking me for pictures of my back issue? Hey, baby. <laughs> some, some guys uh, in Kansas told me that you have a real nice back issue, Ben. I don't even know what can that I, means. Can I, I don't like through your back issue, Ben? I want to flip through your back me. issues. All right. So you see, you see the ones on the top that have yes. A, C, yes. D, D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those, are, those are titles that are neither Marvel nor DC. Okay, so not very Marvel many image core comics. titles. Oh, tons of image comics. Most of the image comics are in the back issue bins, though. Mm. If it's an image comic that is worth its salt, like say the first hundred issues of Spawn, or you know something that you know is really well done, it will actually be in the back issue bins, and we will sell it. If it's like the Pact, that went in the fifty cent bin years ago. So red is Marvel's core titles. Orange is Spider Man and related. Hot pink is X-Men and related. Uh, purple is Batman. 
the kind of grayish blue that would be a natural Batman color is actually just DC Comics. Mm-hmm. The green ones in the midst there are Superman and Superman-related titles. And because I'm an idiot, Superman falls alphabetically in the middle of the books. So Batman is up by itself. Then I go A through S, and then I have Superman, and then I go S through Z. I don't know why I, done, I did that, but I did it like eight years ago. And I just haven't had the wherewithal to lift all those boxes. So These long boxes or short yeah. boxes? Those are long, long boxes. Long boxes? Okay. Those are all long boxes, yeah. So they're like long. there. And if you see in the corner down there, there's about six more long boxes of undifferentiated mm-hmm. bull crap that float around mm-hmm. that haven't been processed, tagged, and bagged yet. So at any given point, I would say I have 11 million comic books. And so how many do you sell online and how many do you sell through the store? I sell 11 online and 127 through the store. Really? No. Why so low online? <laughs> no. Hang on, I have the hiccups. Okay. Um, a lot of our online sales are things like batches and lots of comics. Recently, mm-hmm. I put up a lot of uh, Captain America comics, like Captain America 175 to 225. Mm-hmm. We had an amazing Spider-Man run from 175 to 200, and then a run from 200 to 250. I mean, I have runs of comics and lots of comics. We've got, uh, we just sold a Johnny the Homicidal Maniac run. I think it was the special edition one through four. So if I have something where I have, like, say, Watchmen one through 12, that right. I will put online. And people okay. will say, I'll buy that. If I right. have Watchmen number six, I'll put that in the back issue bins. Hmm. Okay. So you only sell runs. You and don't sell I, the single issues? No, not at all. I sell some, but again, it's a question of what will sell. Right. Like, I'm not going to put Amazing Spider-Man number 400 up on the internet. That's not going to give us any type of real payback. It's, I mean, we don't deal in, like, individual issues because it's not... At this point in time, it's not something we're set up to actually monetize. But mm. let's say I have Amazing Spider-Man 400, and then I have 400 through 425. Mm-hmm. That I'll put on the internet. I see. Or, and where can people go and find? I know this sounds like a big plug for Gatekeeper Comics and Hobbies. But uh, <laughs> where can people go find one of these amazing online auctions? Well, on the eBay. I don't know if you're familiar with the eBay. It's uh, www.ebay.com forward slash Ramalamadang. Uh, um, <laughs> if you go Why to are eBay. people asking me for my copies of X-Men 32? What's an X-Men? What's an X-Men? What's a Cubit? Uh, <laughs> you go to the eBay and you can search under comics. And you will be able to then find gatekeeper hobbies. We generally have sales here and okay. there, if you will. Um, I don't know that we have like a, a – hang on. I want to push the thing, and I'm going to look. I don't know if there's like a specific eBay store or place or or thing. A noun is a person, place, or thing. Uh, wait, I'll push the advance button. Ha! Ah, ah. That's ah, going to be difficult. But yes, gatekeeper hobbies. Mm-hmm. And if you find something that says it's in Topeka, then you have found the correct gatekeeper hobbies. Excellent. Gatekeeper hobbies. Is gatekeeper your favorite comic book store of all time? I mean, 
For me? Yeah. Yeah. What because makes it partly, I, uh, because I get to do do it my way. <laughs> honestly, um, that every time you go to a store, like you know, I went to a store this weekend. It shall remain nameless, but it was one of the Mile High stores. And I said, you know, the boards were they were bagged but not birded, right? Or um, we went to a particular store location where they had everything out, but their trade paperbacks were all shelved and they had been up there for a while and the trade paperback were starting to get, you know, rubbed together and damaged and like that. And, you know, if you've got a book that sits on the shelf for six, 12, you know, 18 months, that book can take damage. Mm -hmm. Generally that doesn't happen near as much at gatekeeper because of the way the shelving works. Uh, the boss has some really great ideas on how to use our space and right. actually put some money into, into fixtures, which hadn't been possible before. So I, I would say that Gatekeeper is my favorite comic store, and that's partly because, again, the back issue bins make sense to me because I invented them for mm -hmm. all intents and purposes. You know, in their current configuration, I guess I should say, they are, they are my baby. And so when I go to other stores and they're like, well, we have books, they're not really alphabetized and they're just stuck in bags and you can just flip through everything and, you know, look and it's all under M. Right. Uh, you know, uh, let, me, let me put it to you this way. When I go to a store and the amazing Spider-Man is under T for the. Oh, so you've I been to Hastings. You've been to our local Hastings. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes is under E. <clears throat> These things don't make sense. And at that point, Chewbacca is a Wookiee, so you must acquit. <laughs> Rodrigo, what about you? Do you have a favorite comic book store <clears throat> that you've been into that you have fond memories of? Um, I have fond memory, uh, memories, uh, only one memory. I've only been there once. No, I have memories of the comics revolution mm -hmm. in Evanston, Illinois. Mm -hmm. Um, good, good store, good gaming selection and, uh, good comic selection. That's actually the first place that I saw a, uh, was a Barry Weem mm -hmm. comic, which, which is actually really funny. Um, so they have they have a good out. Oh, Barry, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yes, top ten flash that I don't care about. Um, so yeah, that one probably. Um, there are other stores in in Chicago that are nice, but I don't even remember what they're called or where they're at. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been to them's. All right. For me, it was. Uh... When I lived in Atlanta, um, Oxford Books. The colony of Atlanta. Lost yes. for many centuries. I lived way out. Originally, I lived in Smyrna, which is way out on the, well, not way out, but it's on the uh, western side of the, uh, what is it, the 285. Spiral Arm of the Galaxy. Yes. And then I moved even further out west to Ostel. Uh, uh, and even though I worked in downtown Atlanta, uh, there were times where I would still drive downtown on, it was either Piedmont or Peachtree, and go to Oxford Books. And Oxford Books, for those of you that remember Oxford Books, it's no longer there. I mean, it was a bookstore that had everything. 
you could go in and they had every magazine ever. I mean, it was a huge section. It was like the size of my house just devoted to magazines. The size of my house just devoted to computer books. The size of my house just devoted to film and television uh, books and readings. I mean, just everything. And then they had, if once, and it was like a maze. It was like these uh, octagons that were all joined together. Uh, and you could navigate your way around, and you'd find the little comic book shop that was separate from Oxford Books, but it was called Oxford Comics. And you could go in. It was this little, at the time, it was this little tight, narrow uh, place. It had two floors. You could go up this little spiral staircase to this little balcony thing where they had all the alternative comics upstairs. So that's where I found Cerebus, and that's where I found, um, oh, um, man, I forget who else was up there. Um, <laughs> you leather, found Leather none. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bondage had some of the adult ones. Yeah, had some of the adult ones up there, too. It was just a fantastic store. And the minute you walked in, everybody knew who you were. Well, Oxford Books shut down, but the, and everybody was worried about, what about the comic store? What about the comic store? They actually moved down the street uh, a couple blocks over, still relatively close to where I was working, uh, and that store is still there today, Oxford Comics. Um, and it is a fantastic store. Again, everything that you could imagine as far as comics go, every genre, every type. I mean, everything that's in previews they had, they had – that's where I first started getting into the merchandise because they had um, whole sections of just toys, uh, action figures that they had out. Um, and it's just – it was a wonderful, wonderful bookstore. And that was, it's one of those tales that, you know, it's telling the tales of our favorite comic book stores is kind of neat and kind of what prompted that original Absolute Edition, uh, New Frontier Absolute Edition contest where we wanted you to go to your comic book store with the, um, uh, with the poster and get your picture taken out front of the store. There was another comic book store that somebody actually entered from Atlanta that was actually closer to where I live, Titan Books, which mm-hmm. is on, uh, I can probably find it here in just a minute. Um, Titan Books is located do, 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 uh, on uh, Spring Road in Smyrna. But even though it's a great store, I would still rather just go out of my way and go down to Oxford Books, mm-hmm. Oxford Books and Comics. Um, but Titan books is, is really a great, uh, Titan comics is really a great place. What I want to know is what is for you, the listener, what is your favorite comic book store of all time and why may not be the current store that you go to, but it may be the favorite store that you've been to and you just loved and you fell in love with. And I want you to go over to majorspoilers.com, go into the comments section, and I want you to write and tell us what your favorite comic book store is. And I'm going to pick the best answer. The best answer. The best. The correct answer. The best answer. Not the correct answer, because the only correct answer would be Gatekeeper Comics. You already ate that turkey? Um, the, the best answer, the one that's <coughs> the most eloquent, the mo- one that sells me the most mm-hmm. on the best comic book store, that person will receive a signed autographed copy of Spawn Number 1. Whoa. By Tar- Todd McFarlane. This is uh, authenticated to number 104, so the 104th signature from all the way in 1996. This is from our friends over at Gatekeeper Comics and Hobbies, Huntoon and Gage in Topeka. We're going to give that away. You have one week, one week to get over there and answer that if you want your own signed autograph copy of Spawn number one. 
And you, you put this in the comments of... Yeah, put it in the comments of this show, mm-hmm. of this podcast show. This show, not another show. This no, no, particular no. show, this. specific show, if you would. Rodrigo, what else is going on in the world of comics or pop culture things? Some television show that you have caught your eye and... Uh, <laughs> yes, this, this Drag awesome... Drag it down the street. Yes, this awesome show... Called Justice League. Justice League. Steven was cleaning out his... <laughs> yeah, I said la- after last week's show, I said, I've got all these uh, DVDs and stuff I'm just going to give away. And as we're walking out, I'm like, Rodrigo, do you want the Justice League? You want the complete Batman? Rodrigo's like, yeah. Yeah. So you've been watching that? Yeah, pretty much. Um, it's it's There's a lot of things that are really interesting about it. And of course, there, it's it's got a lot of uh, special features, mm-hmm. too. So it's interesting to see, you know, the watch things with director commentary and watch like the original unaired like uh trailer right for the their first pitch of the Justice League and it's it's really great because they're like they show you this trailer and they're like it's like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Impulse, Robin, Martian Manhunter and Cyborg Girl, basically. Oh, really? And then they're like, so you guys made this and that got the <coughs> Justice League sold? And they're like, nope. We sold it on a phone call. Like, we talked to the, the guys at Warner Brothers and the guys at Kids WB or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they wanted it. So we never showed them this. Oh, good. Thank God. <laughs> and they say that. They're like, you know, if we had shown them this, they might not have picked up the show. Yeah, yeah. That would be a tragedy. Yeah. Is that one of the best animated shows ever? It, it really is. And you can... Uh, and I'm trying to figure out exactly what it is that makes it so good. I think it just, it's a show that has seven characters, right. I think, mm-hmm. but isn't shy or worried or whatever about picking three or four mm-hmm. to focus on mm-hmm. on any given episode. Sometimes even just two. Right. Um, and give them some treatment tell a story and they're never you know in the first episode they're like well where's or in the like second or third episode they're like well where's superman he's off punching meteors right right and then from for the rest of the show you're like well it's just assumed that whenever a a member of the league isn't around it's because they're they're off doing doing something else right um except of course for the big season finales in which everybody's Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say it's one of the best, definitely one of the best action animated shows that I've that I've ever seen. Matthew, do you agree, disagree, other comments? Do you have something better than Justice League as far as animated shows go? Well, I mean, that's always going to be something that's specifically tied to what you like. <laughs> I would say that Justice League is a very quality show. And I right. really enjoy it when it gets into season, you know, three and four or season one and two of Unlimited, however you want to look at it. Those moments where you have an episode where it's like Vixen and the Vigilante and yeah. Hawk Girl. Uh-huh. Yep. That's, they all go to the that's how you sell a comic planet. to Matthew right there. Yeah. yeah. To me, that's the best part of the show. Or the episode where they, you know, unite the seven soldiers of victory for the 19 people who go, hey, aren't those the seven soldiers of victory? But everybody else gets to see this kick butt story. And you're like, why is Speedy here? Who cares? It's a kick butt mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. You know? I think that from a comic geek perspective, it probably is one of the best cartoons around. But I also, you know, 
I like some of the terrible comic book shows. Uh, you know, and I've always had, uh, you know, a soft spot for really bizarre, stupid comic book shows. Like, do you remember Project Geeker? No. Project Geeker was uh, Doug Tenaple, actually, uh, who did uh, that monster society of something or other whose name escapes me. Yeah. But it was about Earth this Wimpton. artificial human. Yeah. This artificial human who was supposed to be the ultimate weapon, but never got a brain download. Mm. So he was essentially this slack-jawed, inbred, drooling moron. And he also had immense superpowers and loved chocolate monkeys. Mm -hmm. And so he's stolen from the evil corporation by this hippie girl. And then the adventures that he has, that to me is an excellent superhero story Mm, or, um, dark man is an Mm. excellent superhero origin story, right? It's an excellent, you know, what else is a really great superhero origin story. People laugh at me when I tell them this Pootie Tang. Uh, I think we talked about that before. I like Pootie Tang. Pootie Tang has all the classic perfect elements of a superhero story. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and to me, Pootie Tang is like a more successful version of Unbreakable. Because yeah. un- Unbreakable intentionally breaks the rules. Pootie Tang plays by the rules, the tropes, you know, the bits and pieces of it. And uh, Pootie Tang succeeds on just the strength of, of all these things that they throw in there and do just a little bit different, but it's still standard. It's a comic book origin story. Hmm? I agree. The council agrees. Uh, uh, oh, speaking, was was that a oh, Lucas movie? The uh, Dark Crystal? Uh, I don't think it's. Or, oh, no, that's Pootie a Jim Tang was a Lucas movie. Jim, <laughs> you wish you can, it was a Lucas You can go movie. see the extended, the extended Pootie. <laughs> That's right. Where Pootie shoots first. <laughs> oh, they put in Dark a shot Crystal. of Darth Vader saying, Have we Saw reviewed Dark Crystal? Hey. No, we haven't. We've never reviewed Dark Crystal on the show. Are you we sure? Thought? Are you sure? I could have swore we talked about I it at one point. I swear we did. I know um, we talked. We talked on, about Dark Crystal. Oh yeah, we did because it was I right before Rodrigo the comic book came out. Girls, girls are really completely different, and and they are. Uh, Isn't that Dark Crystal or is that Black Cauldron? Yep, yep. no, yeah, that's yeah. that's Dark Crystal because girls have wings. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we we talked about it. I don't know if we reviewed reviewed, but let me just look. Go into the archives. We got this amazing search function. It is, it is funny, website. though, because I also, th- like, when we made that noise, I was like, oh, man, we should talk about <laughs> Dark Crystal. You know what? It must have been, it must have been in one of our, um, you know, shows where we're talking about, hey, great, great moments or whatever. Because mm-hmm. I don't see anything specifically. And again, some listener will probably say, oh, no, back in episode 214. Yeah, my problem with the search function is when I hit it, it always brings up like generic Yahoo Google stuff. Oh, you got to narrow it down. You, how do I do that? You, Boolean operators. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Say that again, because that's the funniest thing ever. This is Matthew's new ringtone. Bo- Boolean operators. <laughs> Boolean <laughs> operators are standing by. That's uh, a that kind of snark. 
I kind of sounded like me, Jeff was... from uh, from what's his face Craig Ferguson show. Man, I don't get to watch a... any light television because <laughs> oh, he has that robot. Oh crap! You know I've got a yeah the robot meeting. skeleton. Oh. Jeff. <laughs> Show's over. Show's you over. I got a big meeting tomorrow. Everybody out. No, really, I think that's probably where we ought to wrap it up for this week's show. Hopefully, you got a little bit of something out yeah, of that. Hopefully, you will enter the. Uh, um, hopefully, you will uh, enter the contest and get a copy of Spawn Number One. Share your memories of your favorite comic book shop. Could be an old store, a current store, whatever it may be. Hopefully, you are also contemplating March 9th, 2009 entering on the that, next uh, spoilers podcast at Dark Crystal. Uh, Yep, there you go. Uh, hopefully you're also contemplating entering the Major Spoilers Costume Contest. And what else? Oh, next week, Legends of the Dark Knight. Because they never should have canceled Legends of the Dark Knight! We'll see you next time. Kansas. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, they kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine be in the Middle East With a king sign throwing soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers is copyright 2011 When you drive the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power, you can stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see yourself behind the wheel of the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Kia received the fewest reported problems among all brands in the J.D. Power 2022 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study based on 2019 models. See JDPower.com awards for 2022 details.
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.